Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and individuals of all persuasions, prepare yourself for a tale as tart and twisty as a freshly squeezed lemon. In the quaint town of Mantra, nestled amidst the vast expanse of the Jade Reach, our heroes, the Skyfire Pirates, seek a moment's respite from their escapades. As fate would have it, their past would lead them to an unassuming tavern where an unsuspecting damsel in distress captures their attention. <sighs> the damsel in distress, a time-honored trope woven into the fabric of storytelling. Yet this woman defies simple classification. Far from being a mere damsel awaiting rescue, she possesses a spirited resolve and a spark that ignites curiosity within her heroes. Beneath her seemingly fragile exterior lies a hidden reservoir of resilience and fortitude, a secret treasure guarded by an intricate lock. As the plot thickens like a lemon curd on a summer's day, the true nature of our damsel emerges. An ember of defiance grows within her hearts, refusing to be smothered by the dampening hands of adversity. When her fate hangs by a thread as delicate as a lemon zest, she might just surprise us all, defying the expectations that have tried to shackle her spirits. In a world of storytelling conventions where damsels are often meant to be rescued, one young woman might hold the key to her own liberation. And in this world of the Jade Reach, where magic and danger intertwine, our heroes find themselves questioning the roles they play and the narratives they are woven into. Fasten your seatbelts and prepare for a ride, as exhilarating and unpredictable as a roller coaster through a lemon grove. So, dear listeners, gather round and be drawn into a tale, where the damsel in distress may very well blossom into the heroine of her own destiny. And remember, as the tale of the sky fires unfurls in Mantra, the skies above holds countless tales of daring, curiosity, and consequence in the vast world of the Jade Reach. My name is Christopher Rondo, and welcome to Skyfire, where mysteries abound and the unexpected awaits at every turn. Hi, my name is Brad Wayne from the Adventurer's Vault, and I play the Oak Gunslinger Medic, Jasper Klee. Hey, I'm Hayden Avery, playing the Clockwork Kitsune Magus Shu. Hello, I'm Jake, and I play Bilge, a Yosogi Ranger Deckhand. You know, we were enjoying quite a fine moment at the Sunspot Inn. While I wouldn't say the tea there is particularly great, it is the best I have found. And until those rapscallions uh, accosted that poor woman, I feel like we were having a good time. But even my hands weren't clean of the blood we shed that day. And it was time to get out of there. I just hope this won't have any bad repercussions on the crew. Well, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Remember that episode we recorded six months ago? It's gone. No. Oh, no. Oh, that's going to be a bad conversation there. We have lost episode two. We recorded it on February 12th, I think was the day. And we have episode two recap. We have episode three. We have episode three recap all in the same day. But episode two is just gone. And after spending about a week trying to 
talk with our recording software to pick it up. It is nowhere to be found. So instead of just trying to redo that recording, we are just going to have a brief, brief discussion about it and see if we can get on the same page. And I got to be honest, it was definitely one of the earlier episodes that probably could have used some more re-recording anyway. But, you know, if any episode went missing, I'm glad it was that one. We have episode three. I triple checked <laughs> every episode from here to episode two of the rest of season one. I should double check season two, but I'm pretty sure we, we have everything. But I figure we have three very distinct sections in my notes that we went over. And I figured I'd just give a brief recap and see if I can see what you guys thought about what happened. If you guys can remember from so long ago, we recorded this six months before we actually released our first episode just to give everyone an idea of how far ahead we are because i don't know we, it just happened that way we started recording early january 2023 and then we released in july but our first section involved us leaving the inn this inn that you guys had a fight with you had some moral dilemma shoe immediately was like i'm not gonna kill anyone and i believe murdered someone within the same moment uh jasper also killing someone but sort of unintelligently or unintentionally sorry um no you you were right the first time <laughs> oh unintentionally we have shen and bilge i believe bilge got the killing blow on the big big guy and Shen also got a good crit. I don't remember if he got a killing blow or not. And you guys are now taking your supplies that you originally bought in this town, and you're heading back to the Shadows Chimera. And you had some interesting discussions, mostly on, like, what were the consequences of this fight? Was it the right thing to do? Maybe you guys should have kept your head down. And ultimately, you guys tried to come up with this plan about how to tell the captain about what happened. What do you guys remember from all that? I feel like I remember Shu being very apprehensive or worried about telling the captain. I, I feel like that was in there where she was like, I don't know how much we tell them. You know, like we kind of busted our cover here. I think Shu ended up being like, hey, we should tell the captain because if we don't tell them, it's only going to get worse. But I think I remember Shen being like, I don't know about that one. I don't remember where Bilge and Jasper were on it. Well, for Bilge, it's it's all or nothing. If everybody's on board with the lie kind of thing, then it's still loyalty in a sense. They're being loyal to each other and then lying to the captain. But I think deep down, Bilge knew someone would tell. Jasper has gotten a little bit used to telling the captain bad news, so he was pretty much you know in mind to do that but he thought there might be like a united front which helps to, to spread the wrath of the captain and then when that little asshole ran off through the side of the ship and left the three of us to bear the brunt of that burden it was not surprising to Jasper given he's been on the ship a bit but yeah, Still, she I forgot about that part. Yeah, so you guys start climbing the Shadows Chimera. We describe this airship, a little bit about it. It has these huge, like, nets on the side and this, like, Zeppelin-like balloon that currently wasn't deployed at the moment. 
as well as kind of how tall it was and how wide it was. I'm certain we'll get to that description again in a future episode. But Shen was like the first person to climb the the rope ladder up to the deck. And then he rolled a nat 20 on his stealth check to sneak through a window while you guys weren't looking. And he was just gone as you guys are carrying the, the ladder. Uh, and then you met Captain Serenity. Captain Serenity is a sovereign... I guess I should emphasize a sovereign, like six foot six, has a large single fang battle axe, doesn't seem to wear much armor, instead of keeping rather simple clothing, something more practical for a sailor. Normally, I think when you think of captains, maybe you think of a little more adorned with metal and certifications, or if you're thinking pirates, like jewelry. She held herself simply, and you guys began to talk about talk to her about it she was pretty angry about the whole situation there was a scene i specifically remember where the first mates you also met a kobold named Long, who pushed a like dummy in the middle of the deck as you guys were talking and she swung her single fanged axe right at the dummy cleaving it in half and then seemed to subside her anger long enough to continue the conversation do you guys remember any of that i remember oh yeah i remember that was that was the i'm glad it's not i'm glad it's the dummy not me kind of moment where you're like ah shit i tried to portray captain serenity as pretty understanding but also pretty frustrated Uh, i don't know if that came across very well but there was like, she was angry, but I tried to make sure her anger wasn't directed at the party for doing something probably correct, right? I, I think we can always argue about the moral consequences of getting involved or not, but it was never about making the decision. It was just about the results of the decision. Well, art reflects life and that a good deed is always punished. In terms of the captain for Bilge, I remember... From, from the beginning, the idea of their relationship always being a respectful one, but Bilge is no trouble or no stranger to trouble, and he probably, you know, crosses that line here and there, but always in the name of a good fight. And if the fight happens to be on the moral side, even better. More justification. Feeling that this is really hard to remember this a long time ago. I have a vague remembrance of Shu being, uh, of getting like keel hauled at this point, depending on how the captain reacted. But yeah, I think he did well to show that the captain wasn't, wasn't looking to, to punish us for, for intervening necessarily. It was a very like inglorious bastards moment where it was like, nah, I won't get shot. I'll probably get yelled at. I've been yelled at before. <laughs> yeah. From here, we patched up wounds, we, I guess a better word is we relaxed a little bit, we unloaded, we had a couple scenes with some NPCs that I don't recall being particularly important, they were just sort of introductions of characters, but we ended the episode with you guys noticing the fire in the distance. Episode one ended with the antagonist of this particular season ordering that this town of mancha being burned down i don't remember if i named the npc so i will not i will not name him 
in this particular discussion, but he ordered it to be burned down and we began to see the result of that. It is now well into night and you guys notice fire and smoke in the distance. And we were also missing some crew members. I believe the group was... I, episode 3, I believe, starts with the group already heading in that direction. But do you guys remember the, the thought process about like deciding to have the call to action here? I don't, I don't think there was a thought process. I think I remember very clearly what happened. Go for it. I think Shu just went, I'm going down the rope ladder and running into the village. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I think you were like, and you see a fire, and I was like, oh, she's down the rope. We're going. I don't know there was much of a thought process, honestly. She's down the rope. We're going. Eschewing a plan because she ran off tends to be a theme we develop. Really? Crazy how that works. Spoiler alert for... Spoiler alert spoiler <laughs> for the rest of the, the show. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Of note, this episode was 47 minutes, and I feel like we haven't talked about very much. So maybe that just goes to show about how we were kind of dragging our feet within the earlier episodes. We kind of saw it in episode one, and we kind of see it in episode three ever so slightly. But I think episode two is really slow in our pacing, because we are describing every NPC and whatnot. But we were introduced to four more characters within this within this story, within this episode. We met Captain Serenity. We met Shilong, who is a magma kobold, has these black scales and has these like red lava accents within his veins. Whenever you can see underneath his scales, he has a. I don't want to call it a familiar, but supposedly sometime in the crew's history. He accidentally summoned a, a peach plant that grew legs and started walking around. So we also met the NPC Peachy, who is a leshy bard who cannot talk but can play music. And throughout the entire argument, Peachy was just playing music in the background subtly. And then we met Shackles. Shackles is a skeleton, and Shackles acts as like a historian of some sort. So anytime anyone has any questions about history or whatnot, you talk to Shackles. Shackles doesn't know their life before their death. So trying to work with Shackles, I don't I don't think we got a very good beat on Shackles because I don't know if the party realized how to interact with them yet as far as like the group trying to determine what does a peach plant and a skeleton really have anything to do with our rather humanoid party, but they were there. Do you guys have any initial reactions? I guess we talked about Captain Serendi already. Do you have any initial reactions to Shillong, Shackles, or Peachy? I know that, you know, Yash was on the crew for a little bit, but he has kind of always felt like a letter being the ship's medic. Like, you have to have a little bit of detachment there, you know. But I, I, he tends to enjoy Peachy's company because a lot of social awkwardness is just ignored. And they tend to play music together. And I, I don't remember if there was a scene. I don't, I don't think we've established ever a scene. But, like, Jasper likes to pull out his knowledge instrument and he and Peachy play music. I, I don't remember what Peachy plays, though. It's, it's, I don't remember the instrument. It's a lute. Like, a lute of appropriate size. I don't think that she really had all that much interaction with them. Not this episode? Yeah, no. I guess, well, let's let's rephrase the question. What do you think about these characters? Just, like, their introduction of them, not maybe less about how you oh, guys... Oh, yeah, I think, I think Shackles was always an interesting one for me because, you know, the un... 
you know, the undead companion is always an interesting thing to explore. You know, you see it in video games and in movies and stuff. So that one I was definitely interested in. And everyone likes a little animal companion, even though Leshy is a plant, but basically is an animal companion. I do remember with Shackles, there was a lot of talk about the buddy in the backpack, like like we just have him in a backpack. Yeah, stuff him, stuff him in a backpack and, and just take him into town. And when we like run into trouble, we just dump the bones out, they coalesce, and then, you know. Yeah, they have the collapse ability. I specifically chose the collapse ability because I thought it would be funny. I really like the trope where the animal companion is the smartest person in the in the party but they just don't have the language to communicate that i think like lavatar lavatar <laughs> avatar oh, the last airbender pokemon 2 avatar the last airbender you know appa and momo the the two animal companions are definitely the smartest people in that party but you know they did not have the in the verbs to be able to say that so i think peachy fills in that trope for me a lot of the time and as we play more games a campaign together we'll probably see that trope continue on i do th- i do think in an audio format it's a little harder to make that sell but we haven't had that many scenes with peachy yet so there's there's time nope but we are about to record season 2.5 so we will see a little more of all the companions taking a little more active role moving forward within those first few episodes but with that sorry we lost the episode not much we can do about it we decided not to re-record it though that conversation floated around we hopefully this will kind of catch you up as you go into episode three and Real, and see why the plot jumps a little bit going from one scene to another. But besides that, enjoy episode three. If you are listening, please join us in booing Chris. <laughs> Taking the chance to escape... We all ran from the bar towards the ship. Clearing our heads, we got to discussing how to break it to the captain. Sadly, Bilge informed us that we didn't just kill any ruffians. We killed a notorious group of ruffians. As one could guess, the captain did not take that well. Of course, she couldn't stay mad long when, from the ship, Bilge spotted fire in the city below. She didn't hesitate to give the order. Save the crewmates. You guys exit the Shadows Chimera, finding a target to run to. You saw that flashbang in the distance, knowing that perhaps Rowan is in danger, Rowan being a a gun user like Jasper. She's already maybe 60, 80 feet in front of Bilge and Jasper, but it's easy to catch up. What would you like to do as you're running? Shu is running straight for the center of town, basically right where the fire is, giving no care to to what they're actually looking for. Shu, Shu, to the right. Trust me. All right, got it. Try to keep up. And Shu's going to run to the right where Bilge said and just kind of keep sprinting. That's better. Shu, 
you veer your course into the foresty section, taking the less optimal route off the road, following Bilge's direction. And as you go through, we see that we have the moonlight and some stars, providing enough lighting for you to see everything around you, thanks to your vi low light vision. You run into face into an encounter. In the distance, you see Hellion, a blue tiger-esque cat folk creature one of your crewmates she acts as your navigator on her side seemingly in a lot of pain next to her are several townsmen and women uh, primarily gnolls that have been pushed into a corner next to them are five gnolls wearing this blue bandana with this eye on top of their left arm as they are preparing to circle around your companion Rowan. Rowan has taken off his cloak at this point. In his hand is this large sword that's at a slight slant, almost like he is holding this gun as a pistol. And within the hilt is that trigger mechanism as he prepares to charge in five versus one. But even he could get overwhelmed. Two will run directly up, kind of right in front of Rowan to, to stop him from charging in heroically so to speak i think that if any is the call for initiative because he's already running in he's getting surrounded maybe you can get there before combat starts maybe he can't but this would be athletics initiative we it would be a 27 hold, hold that thought it's almost max that's one off a of max so 26 plus 27 21 to 25 16 to 20 check 19 18. Shu, you're up first. All right. So Shu sees Rowan going to charge in very heroic, as Rowan might think. But Shu dashes up using two movement actions to cut him off, kind of holding a hand behind themselves and then pulling up a, a well of energy in front of them as they cast shield. Looking back, they just say, what do you think you're doing? Rowan doesn't get much to say before two gnolls move forward. Now, there are two sets of gnolls here. One seems to be in heavier armor, wearing a form of scale mail, holding a short sword of some sort. The other ones seem to prefer leather and holding daggers. But these people are different. These gnolls are different than the people you fought earlier tonight. These people walk towards Rowan and Shu in a formation ready to work as a team as a unit rather than individual people as since Shu has managed to cut off their approach to Rowan they are going to move towards Shu. Two of them will begin to move forward trying to surround Shu. Uh, one of them is going to be able to approach and take an attack with Shu at full AC but she will be flat-footed to the second one. Hit me. 20 to hit on the first one. That hits. That definitely hits. And a crit on my flat-footed one. Ooh, that, that, you know what? That one, that one doesn't hit, actually. You're going to take five points of damage on the first hit, but the second hit, there is, because of their tactic Shu is caught in a sneak attack oh we're gonna we're gonna block that first one 
It's going to shatter the shield, but I'm not going to take any damage. You're going to take 18 damage Ooh. from the second hit. Oof, ouch, not the bone hurt juice. They are very <laughs> hurt from this attack. Would you consider yeah. yourself bloodied? I'm your critical HP? if you want to If you want to get technical. <laughs> when I said the bone hurt juice, I wasn't lying. Jasper, you are next to act. Jasper is, of course, watching Shu, who is headstrong and reckless, always running off and is attempting to catch up. But the very, like, millisecond he realizes we're in a fight, a gun appears in his hand, almost as if, like, Jasper is just that fast. He doesn't even have to waste an action to get the gun out. So he's going to run up. I don't... Hold on. That's 25. That's another 20. So he's going to double move up. He's going to be about no, 15 feet away from the prestigious peon, one of the guys that's flanking Shu. And he's just going to let Mrs. Locke go. And we're going to take a shot. Nat three, so that's a 14. <laughs> I want to remind the party that at this point you have three hero points and one action point. I, I, think, I think I'm going to reroll. I'm going to use one. Shu is already surrounded and is getting crit. So... It would be pretty great if I could shoot one of them with a bullet. So we could roll another nat three. <laughs> I'll start I'll start another character sheet. I got like five on the back burner here. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good, thanks. Jasper's like, you're very brave when you're outnumbering your friends, but now we're here. And it's like a bullet <laughs> goes flying off in the distance and it's intimidating. Jasper just looks kinda kinda sad and shameful. Pilled cheer up. Not looking good. Filch takes two strides, goes a little bit past Jasper, and puts his back to this rock. He knows that life is on the line, but he's got to make the right choice. So he actually reaches into his pack, and instead of drawing a blade, he draws a health potion. And then he draws a blade. But that is all of his actions. As Shu runs in, semi-scolding Rowan, and, and conveniently getting stabbed right after that. Rowan shakes his Look, head. Look, Rowan distracted me. Sure. Sure, man. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> Rowan takes his gun blade and is going to hit the prestigious peon, the one that Jasper missed on for a 25 to hit, and will take a second action to release the gun, gun mechanism within the blade. Also hitting. Doing 10 damage with the blade and 4 damage with the bullet, this one begins to fall backwards, heavily injured, and shocked by the effect of the attack. One of these attacks is something called a combat assessment. When I make a melee strike, I can attempt a recall knowledge check. And as he does this, he sees... He sees how they parry the, the attacks, how he can lend openings and gain some information. His third action is going to be to reload the gun. The rest of these gnolls are going to move forward. Uh, one of them is going to run towards Rowan, taking two actions to move and one action to strike and will miss. Another one... <laughs> Shoe is going to run to Shu for two actions as well and try to attack with the dagger. Also miss. At least I'm not flat-footed. 
and this last one will approach. And this last one is a heavier set scaled male man holding this large, large sword and will attempt to slice. 19 to hit. That hits. You're going to take go down. three damage. Ooh, very close. Very but, close. But <laughs> it is a snagging strike, you... which means that he is actually going to take his other hand. He's going to hold you down, and you are flat-footed until the start of his next turn. Um, he can certainly try. As this happens, Shu finds himself surrounded, stabbed a couple times, hit with a short sword. Everyone's trying to get in position. Rowan lets off a strike and a gunshot as he turns to Shu and goes like, Listen, this is a common tactic in Lakotia's military. These larger, heavy armor ones are going to try to hold you down and give openings to the rest of the people. Get out of there. I think at this point, Shu, you know, Shu's probably being beaten up just punched, kicked, you know, knocked over and over again. And they're trying to block what they can. But at some point, they just look at the the person holding them down and they just try to kick with all their might. And they are going to spell strike uh, a hydraulic push here. I got, a bad, I got bad news for you, Chris. What's up? So a 19 on the die... With a plus nine. Ooh, there we go. You can do the math, right? Sure. <laughs> so that's a... That's How's that bad news? That's great news for us. So, yeah. with a 28 to hit, I believe that crits, as Shu, on their back, just being beaten down, with all their might, kicks forward, and you see this the water that's on the ground just push with them as it sends the gangster knoll flying 10 feet back taking a total jesus that's a lot of damage this is the 66 one let me just i gotta i gotta roll nice. this real quick in total 31 bludgeoning damage and he sent flying back 10 feet as as shu kicks him off he is still alive but he's still alive Ooh. Oh no, that's that's rough. Shu taking that's rough. Yeah, Shu taking Rowan's advice. You see Shu look to the left, look like they're about to punch the peaceful peon as they blink out of out of view for a second, reappearing behind the prestigious peon. Their punch continues and connects with a twenty-four to hit dealing only oh only 10 bludgeoning damage to the one that was hit before describe the kill after sending the gangster knoll flying 10 feet back shu looks to the left at the peaceful peon and goes to form one of the strikes towards them in a blink they flash out of view and reappear behind the prestigious peon their punch continuing right into the spine of the prestigious peon with this just crack as they just push their hand through and knock them to the ground breathing heavily they look around hoping to dodge everyone's attention for a little bit and that is the end of their turn well because of your teleportation the one was looking to stab you realizes that you are no longer in a place to do that and is actually going to follow 
follow your movements. Stepping over his now fallen companion will move here. However, Rowan is a fighter, and this will trigger an attack of opportunity. Please, Rowan. Please, Rowan. That will be a crit. Rowan, let's go, please. Nice job. I believe that stops him. Yeah, well, it might just kill him. I just... I believe that stops him. Well, it might just kill him. That works too, Chris. DM DMPCs are always, you know, really overpowered. But you're still going to uh, swing that that blade towards him, stopping him in his tracks as soon as he moves right around, dealing a fair amount of, of damage. Not enough to die, unfortunately, but enough for him to decide not to attack Shu and instead focus his efforts there. So he's going to take a five-foot step to catch Rowan flat-footed and will roll a... 20 to hit which will which will make contact and catch him with a sneak attack as well dealing a fair amount of damage there this takes us to Jasper. seeing this is unfolding very fast and she was already injured Jasper's gonna take a five foot step in and slap a custom bandage on Shu and attempt to make a medicine check a battle medicine check jesus christ with this and just misses completely with it you thinking that you're an enemy dodges the bandage. <laughs> no, I, I am trying to help you. <laughs> but with his last action, he's going to quick draw. And for the first time, we see Mr. Flint and Mrs. Locke out. And because I am super dexy, while I'm pulling that gun, I'm going to shoot it. And we're going to try to hit, oh, the peaceful peon that's flanking Rowan. Now that is a 25, which will just hit, I believe. So for, ooh, max damage, seven. Jesper is completely focused on trying to heal Shu from the damage, but almost without thinking, that other pistol snaps up out of its holster and just blows the guy away. And it almost doesn't even register to Jasper that he's killed another guy. Come a long way. What? what? Oh, oh, goodness. <laughs> Bilge admires the work of Mr. Jasper. Rushes forward to help Rowan. Takes his blade to the pivotal peon. First to the inside of his right leg, and then the left. And then Bilge kind of sets up straight and takes a step back and gestures for the man to try to walk towards him. And as he does, he falls. He can't walk. Bilge just cut him in a way that he just falls over, lays down, and begins to bleed out. That's fucking dark, bro. <laughs> All right. I broke a man's spine. I guess I can't really talk. Rowan sees his bilge running up next to him to commit this act of murder, but will take take advantage of the situation <laughs> and will take a stride action as his first thing. But he gets caught in the same thing as as he caught the other guy with an attack of opportunity, which will hit, uh, and he'll take a brief amount of a brief a minor amount of damage since I rolled very low on the dice. and But he is in position at this point to catch this guy flank-footed. And as he does this, he's actually going for two melee strikes as opposed to his normal gun thing. And he hits with the side of the... as opposed to the main part. And he's going to hit with the first one, but the second one is going to be ducked and dodged out of the way, quite potentially because he took the minus two non-lethal 
roll here. As he does this, he sees a little bit in pain from the attacks as this one, the one that she pushed away, this one's going to look for revenge and try to get right up to Shu with one action. And we are going to attempt a snagging strike for a miss on the first attack, but the second attack will hit for a 20, I'm assuming. Yeah, so 20 does hit. As he does this, he is going to grab your shoulder, catch you flat-footed, and roll max damage, unfortunately. Which, as he does this, he uh, takes your, holds your left robotic hand, squeezes it, and forces you to put your own weight on his short sword blade. And kicks you off, and so you fall to the ground. This one in, in between Bilge and Rowan is going to look towards towards Rowan, who seems to be the bigger threat at the moment, since he's the one attacking him, will take three attacks and hit the third one of all, all ones for a fair amount of damage. Rowan's not looking great either. Shall we say single digits for Rowan? But as, as this encounter is going, he's like, this one here, keep it alive, kill the other one. And takes us to Jasper. Jasper's cursing that he couldn't get that patch on Shu as they fall to the ground, but he's going to make another attempt at it to do battle medicine. Since I failed, I can do it again. Wow, lucky me. <laughs> you actually have to succeed it. <laughs> you have to succeed at battle medicine before you can't do it again. Well, he can't dodge it uh, this hot time. Damn. Hot damn, though. He slaps that patch on your chest. For a level, it's five. For a lovely, that's five. So I recommend the assurance feat. <laughs> I was, <laughs> my feats are already quite taxed. Let me show you what I took. And I'm going to use one of those feats, which allows me to do another battle <laughs> medicine check. Fancy. Once per day on shoe. We're going to gamble here, though, because then we're going to do risky surgery. Damn it. So you're going to take. <laughs> I go down again. Six points of damage, <laughs> which unfortunately. You go down <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I, I'm going to oh, no. spend another one of those points because I just rolled in that one. You're wounded too, by the way. I know. Okay, okay. But that but that that works. Oh, no, I really so hope I'll so hit the which oh, will be the two D eight plus ten. So that'll be twenty five points of You know, you know what? That makes everything better. Makes everything better. <laughs> it's it's real <laughs> It's real give or take, but he's looking at the guy that stabbed you. He was like, I'll be with you in a moment. And we see Jasper take one of the pistols and crack it open and like reloads. And that's all he can do that turn. I thought you killed your party members. I wounded <laughs> That was That was pretty close. It It's called, it would have, I think it would have, right? It, well, yeah, I would have been wounded three. Yeah, so you are wounded too now. Ah, you're fine. Um, I am wounded too. You are prone, and that's exciting. Damn. Bilge. Listen, it's a real... We're all learning. We're coming together. You know when you know when, the, when you, break, you break your arm and the doctor needs to reset it? That's what Yasper yeah. just did to me. But your arm is with like, your life. Yeah, but with my but life. With your life. Jasper's like, oh, one second. <laughs> it just knocks me out. You're too alive. I gotta reset you. Jasper has trouble with your weird robo body. Oh, God. Would you like to take control of the situation? Please. <laughs> yes. Let's see if Bilge can buy us some reassurance here. And he's going to turn his attention to the gangster Noel standing over Shu. And he is going to 
hunt him with his hunted prey action and make a series of slashes with his short sword in hopes of, well, to be honest, end his life. Ooh, natural one. Now, this is not in character for Bilge, so I will use my hero point. It's not in character to miss? <laughs> he hasn't missed yet. Actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember, but That's I'm going to use the point nonetheless. Excellent. Mark that off. Okay, so now he will miss, but it's not a natural one. He he goes for the inside of the leg, but the knoll was paying attention when Bilge killed his friend, so he just steps slightly out of the way. Now that makes most people angry, but Bilge, he actually likes it, that he paid attention, that he's a tactician. Makes Bilge smile, and then Bilge runs that short sword across the knoll's back gets him real deep for a total of 10 slashing damage. And this one goes down as well. There we go. Make it rain. There are times I admire your work as well, Mr. Bilge. I have one action left unless a hero point takes an action. Okay. I will attempt. I'm going to drop my items in hand and attempt to grapple the last combatant because Rowan has said to leave him alive for a total of 12. It's just too large, right? Like, you're unable to, like, get your hands around his his body in a, in a productive way. But that will, that will end your turn. It, it is very... It is very easily, you know, visually to see that Bilge is not, you know, a grappler. He's not a wrestler. He might be stronger, more well-built than other Yusoki, but... Wrestling is not his thing. Well, it's enough for Rowan to take advantage of the brief distraction as he goes for broke. Uh, his first strike is going to be something called a United Strike, which means he gets a plus one to damage uh, for every ally that's around him. So he's just going to do that first. He will hit for a fair amount of damage, and then the second strike will miss, and the th or third strike will hit. Not quite enough to bring this one down but it's clearly hitting with the flats of the blade trying to do it at this point shoe's pretty mad i mean they they went for killing just to clarify when they got crit that's when they started saying all right all cuffs are off we're killing at this point they'll kip up not that sorry not the feet they just do that yeah. use an action to stand up and move next to Bilge, and they will take just one very calculated, kind of a roundhouse kick towards the Knoll's head for a 17 to hit. I believe that just meets. Oh, that just misses, actually. Oh my god. All right. They go to do a roundhouse kick, and the Knoll dodges low. I believe that is all three actions. So, with that being said, this one here realizes that he is beat is going to try to run provoking an attack from rowan non-lethal again oh plus 10 is 22 minus two so provoking from rowan and rowan just quickly hits him behind his knee and kicks him in the head as he goes down knocking this guy conscious combat over 
as Combat hey, Androne hey, looks towards Jasper, he's like, go check those townspeople, see if they need help. That is a command Jasper has no trouble following as he goes to check on them to see if anyone's wounded. Okay, Roland's going to look towards both. It's like, you find out what you can get out of this one. And he hands you a healing potion for the knoll. With pleasure. Wait, don't waste that. We could use that. I'll try the healing. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you do that risky thing? <laughs> Did you say you Uh-oh. too? And Rowan will approach you. It's like, you okay? I'm better than you would have been had you rushed in there. Irony. Irony is lost on Shu, okay? Because of iron? Yeah, true. They're made of it. Oh. <laughs> Listen, watch your back. Take it easy. Go back to the ship and bandage up. We'll finish here. Rowan, I'm fine. I, I swear that... The doc, yeah, doc patched me all up. And the, you now see there's some blood on their, on the paw of their, the fur of their paw as they kind of, kind of flick their hand away. They, they eye Rowan and say, okay, okay, I'll, I'll just rest over here. And they wander this way to, to try to sit down and not, not following Rowan. They don't want to follow Rowan's orders to leave. Rowan will also turn around and like, Bilge, not here. Do it away from the townsfolk. Oh, sorry. Bill just got the knife, like, <laughs> like ready to... <laughs> He's pulled out a phone book, some bamboo shoots, lemons. And let's take Asper first. Jasper, <laughs> I know we joked about you doing non-magical healing on the knoll. Are you are you going to follow Bilge, or are you going to go towards the townsfolk? Yeah, it's, it's more joking that we're about to waste a very valuable resource but no he, he's gonna go check on the on the townsfolk because he knows they're scared from what just happened so one of the things you were kind of wondering about or maybe you weren't maybe you're distracted well one of the things i tried to insinuate is why didn't they run away and you take a look as you step down to a slightly lower elevation to a small clearing you realize that all six or seven of them are tied and manacled and chained together and as you approach you realize they're chained to a stake in the ground they seem to be fairly injured mostly by burn marks some cut wounds your companion is here as well she's a blue skinned tiger she has this braided fur down on her mane she has all sorts of different jewelry on her hands and arms and she is also fairly injured but no one is in deathly condition. Most of them are just kind of used in. Some of them are gagged. A lot of them are crying. It's a pretty bad situation. Why, Hellion, I see you have acquired some new jewelry. Give us some, Give me a moment and I can probably do something about that. The first thing I'm going to try to do, though, is take that stake out of the ground. That's like the linchpin of this whole thing. Yeah, I think with, with enough time, like over 30 seconds or so, he can... I'm going to uh, we don't I don't have a key on me I'm just for giggles I'm gonna do a thievery check on maybe Hellion's manacles you have uh, thieves tools so he's Jasper realizes that he doesn't have thieves tools on him so he's just gonna be like all right well this is not my forte uh, short of and looks down at his guns why don't I just try to patch y'all up fair enough uh, you can take the you can take the minus two so I think you can, you, you can do thievery checks Without a thieves' tools check with a minus two, man, that would like cut the number in half, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. So medicine, med- <laughs> medicine checks. You want to just drag all of them over here? Yeah, yeah. Let's, 
Let's take this as, way, uh, everyone. Single file. You begin to pull. You'll probably at least pull the gags out pretty quickly, I would imagine. Uh, or they would probably do it themselves once yeah, they're yeah. free from the stake in the ground. Helene looks like, they, they're burning down the whole town. It's... We, we noticed on the way in, this is this has not been a good day for this town. Oh, uh, just, just why? Why? It's It's got to be more than just a bar fight. There, there, there has to be more to what's going on here. I'll, I'll tell you later. Listen, they're, they're taking some of the townsfolk as well. Some form of retribution. They're looking for a, a bar wench or some sort. Saying she started all this. Huh. Well, that must have been a very important lady at the bar, but we had an altercation earlier where they were assaulting a woman and we intervened and killed a few of them. So I feel we are a tiny pebble. So this is your fault. I sure hope not, but it's looking that way. Okay, okay, okay. Just get me out of these things. I'll get these townspeople to safety and you you figure I, you do medicine, I guess. All right, get me out. Struggling against the manacles. Here, let's let's all take a walk over the shoe. <laughs> As you uh, start to drag a group of manacled people over, uh, you see shoe at this point is is kind of feeling a little bit better. That salve you gave really doing work. Uh, they lean up from the from the stone that you that they were propped up to. They walk over to the to the group of people with manacles and start taking out some tools, and they say, Oh, don't worry, I will have you all out in just a few minutes. As they roll... How many rolls do you want for this? How many manacles? Oh, just, just one. one. Okay. Just one. Yeah. As they roll... A 19 to start unlocking the manacles. They have thieves' tools, by the way. They are able to slowly go from one one manacle to another. We'll say over the course of five minutes you're able to get everyone free. But just assume it takes some time because there's seven people here. And it's like arms and feet, so yeah. And as that scene moves moves forward, there's another scene in a behind a several trees and bushes as Bilge is dragging this knoll body to the side, holding a potion in hand. Bilge gets Mr. Knoll in a secure location, ties him up, and with a dagger in hand, he administers the health potion Rowan gave him, and waits for the Knoll to come too, to realize the predicament therein. Wakey, wakey. This Knoll still has that blue bandana on the left side of his arm. His armor is le- less intact as some of the scales have come off particularly from both the dragging as well as the encounter he is missing a couple of teeth he has some scarring from both the gun blade and the other attacks he endured but he sits there and he just starts gurgling up and spits out a a bit of blood on the ground sing to me your sweet song of truth or the first dagger goes in your boot. Go ahead and roll the intimidation check. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I got a little carried away there, didn't I? 16, though. He shakes a little bit. It's like, just let me go. Let me go and I'll tell you what you want. Tell me first. What, what's what's there to, to talk about? Bilge 
first points to the armband. Who are you? What are you doing here? Um, I... You can call me... It's a good old name. You can... You can call me Bone Eater. We're soldiers of Lakodia. Well, we were, and we were discharged. Well, some of us left, but our leader was discharged. And there's even a bounty on his head. They say he murdered somebody. And while he murders a lot of people, he always takes credits for the people he kills. This murder was off the books it was not true. So we, we we left before they could arrest us. What are you doing with hostages? Look, there was an incident earlier today. I was told to burn down the place, or someone else was burning down the tavern and then letting the fire spread. And we were supposed to take people as... I, I, I don't I don't know what we were going to do with them, but I think they were looking for one in particular. A no woman bar barkeep. We we're just taking everyone and maybe they would work for us. We have a lot of expanding to do, or maybe they'll join us. I I don't know one eyed Morik's real intent here. Say Morik? Yeah, Morik. I'll put in the Discord. Where's one eye now? He's maybe Five miles north of the town, he has a outpost that we have been building from wood and stuff. Don't, don't. I would imagine he'd be there. He didn't come on the raid. What's so important about the woman? Well, I don't, I don't know. He's angry. He's angry because he was slighted. And he is taking his anger out on this town because he feels that this town has slighted him. Or his his men. Reckless. Too reckless. He's also trying to draw out some people, you maybe, to get a bounty. We need the gold. Music to my ear. Now I know how best to lure him out. Yeah, so you're going to uh, let me go, right? What I'm going to do is ask permission to kill you. Wait here. Okay. <laughs> we'll let him roll the escape check at like a minus five or something. No, he's stuck. But he he tries to tries to do he not one stucks. I think at this point most of the people are free from their their chains. Rowan is kinda of overlooking, perhaps talking to Hellion a little bit in hushed tones. There is a moment where he like touches the the arm and then like looks around to see bilge coming back and like shakes it off for a split second and turns to bilge it's like i believe i was successful in obtaining valuable information with your permission i'll do what i do if you know what i mean he turns to hellion do you want to do it and she looks towards bilge looks towards rowan thinks about it shakes her head no be quick, but be painful. As you wish. Skyfire is copyright 2023 by Skaldstale Entertainment, LLC. Kindred Journeys Skyfire uses trademarks and are copyrights owned by Paizos Inc. used under Paizos Community Use Policy. 
We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Kindred Journey Skyfire is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. And now our, we'll return to our regularly scheduled program after we roll initiative and roll this ad. After these messages, we'll be right back. Probably the only one old enough to remember that. Six, 11, 13, yeah, 20. <laughs> and then, sorry, there's more. Cutting this part out. I need to do an online roller for this. Sorry, I, I raised my hand. This is an audio podcast. No, I think we should just establish I'm terrible at rolling dice and, you know, work accordingly. Yeah, you know, Shu will Shu will gasp, wake up, and say, "Yes, but you know, there's such a thing as the assurance feat, right?" 